How is money getting in the way of your parish fulfilling its mission? Find out in today's episode of The Catholic Money Show. It's not surprising that around these parts, so many roads tend to lead back to money. Hmm. I'm always drawing a mental connection. <laughs> Others might think that it's very loose, but I see the thread. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Maybe in your mind, it looks like one of those, uh, what is it, beautiful mind or something. You've got the strings everywhere. <laughs> You've got all the connections. You, yeah, exactly. It might look like it's way over here, 3,000 miles away. But look, there's a string. I can draw the connection. It's right <laughs> over here. And the reason is, is because money touches everything. Every part of our lives, whether we like it or not, is impacted by money. And if that's the case with us, well, it's going to be true of our parishes as well, because our parishes are made up of human beings, individuals mm. gathered into a parish family. And so in this episode, we are going to dive in to the direct and indirect ways that money can be holding your parish back. Oof. And more importantly, because we're not just negative Nancys here who want to just reveal the bad news, we want to make sure that you know what you can do to make sure that it's not holding your parish back, and specifically, it's not holding you back. Mm. So that is what we are going to dive into today, because yeah. we want a healthy you and a healthy parish for you. Absolutely. And around the whole world. Yep. We're going to look in a few different areas, five different areas in the parish mm. where money could be holding it back. And the first <laughs> is the people in the pews. Let's start with boots on the ground there. Boots on the ground, butts in the seat, <laughs> whatever in the whoever. Uh, the people in the pews. This is probably the most direct and obvious ways that people could conclude money would be impacting a parish. Because I am a people in the pews. Yes. And so when the ways money, yeah, that you feel it in your everyday. So if there's financial trouble or stress or stress or, pain. or strain, something going on there, mm -hmm. well, then that's affecting your people there. There's pain rippling through the congregation. Yep. And when you feel money stress, it's not always seen as directly as you might think. Mm. It tends to pop up. In some ways that are related, oh my goodness, I just logged to my bank account and now I'm having a panic attack. It might manifest that way. Sometimes it's a little more subtle. Mm -hmm. It will show up in just that chronic stress, which then begins to just kind of whittle you away. Mm. And you don't really see it building, but your your body is having a reaction to the financial situation you're in. And so your cortisol levels are staying elevated longer. Um, you might feel extreme tension in your shoulders. It just kind of starts to build up on you. That stress is lingering. It's keeping you up at night. It's just looming. It's there. Anytime there's a quiet moment, it invades your thoughts, blah, 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 which then begins to deteriorate your health. Yes. Yeah. It's been shown that when folks are under financial stress, their health suffers. Mm -hmm. They spend more, which they didn't need to in the first place. They spend more on uh, health care. Yeah, didn't have the money to do that. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so kind of just a spiral yourself there. in the foot. Yeah. yeah and then you got to go to the doctor for your foot. Uh, so, yeah, the stress goes up. Uh, it can impact. I mean, then even again, it's these compounding factors it impacts 
their work. Mm-hmm. There are more people under financial stress are more likely to be late to work, which isn't going to Or go distracted well. at work. Absolutely. Or distracted. underperforming at work, mm-hmm. which then again could set you up for being reprimanded at work. Underpaid at work. At work. Or, or not paid let anymore. go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It begins to spiral. There's also that impact on relationships. Mm. Money touches relationships so acutely um, in ways that we oftentimes maybe don't even measure. But, you know, let's think of just married couples that are part of the parish. You know, if there's financial strain and stress, we see this all the time in the work that we do in WalletWin. Um, it just has a way of wedging in between two people and being a chasm that they can't seem to get over um, on their own without significant help from others or different tools or resources. Mm -hmm. And that can just lead to strain for years, decades. We've seen in some instances where couples just can't talk about money. It's they're not on the same financial page and it just drains them. And again, just kind of decreases the morale. And if mom and dad are nitpicking at each other constantly, over money, well, that now trickles down to their kids witnessing this Mm. or hearing this or noticing that dad always rolls his eyes when mom comes through the door with with bags. Mm -hmm. Just these little subtleties that can kind of come up. And now the kids um, are feeling insecure about about money and that's getting into their psyche. They're not going to ask to go on whatever, you know, outings with their friends or they're not going to ask for the new clothes when they need it. They're going to start mm-hmm. hiding their needs from their folks, which is just a a bummer. Bad spot. Yep. Um, not only just, you know, we're talking about the marriage relationship mm-hmm. there, but it can affect relationships you have with even others, people in your parish, your relationship with the parish, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, giving or supporting different things at the parish, Vo- the vocation of your marriage, but also the vocation of, um, kids that we're raising up. Mm-hmm. We've seen this very acutely over the last several, maybe decade with all the student loans. You know, if there's a significant financial strain on a young person and they are maybe discerning a vocation to the priesthood or religious life, they're stressed about how that's going to get paid off or what they need to do to get that paid off. Or just delays. It delays I, it. I know, I know many folks, but you know, they're enter into religious life years later because mm-hmm. they had to go work off this degree. Yep. They did. Or, you know, there's just that fear of, um, I've had friends who've left the priest, like the seminary, they discerned they were not called to the priesthood And will there be that expectation to pay back Mm. the degree that I just got and the diocese paid for? And I think that differs in different dioceses around the country, but sometimes it's encouraged that you would pay it back. And certainly you wouldn't want anybody just continuing on in that vocation because they didn't think they could do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like you wouldn't be able to require it, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, you can't. But I mean, if you're, it, if you're somebody who went through a bunch of years difficult. of formation and then, you know, it turned out not to be the call, yeah, you probably feel like, oh, yeah, I should probably get them back at least a good chunk of it. Right. Yes. So, there, but there, it's another little, another you little wouldn't have thought on, about it, your, but it's in your backpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so, it has an impact on vocations. Um, now, just speaking of the people in the pews, there's that when you have money stress or, 
financial panic or strain, it hijacks you and it decreases your ability to be present, not only in to your family and those in your immediate vicinity. Mm-hmm. If, if it's distracting you right there in your own home, how much more so is it going to diminish the quality of relationships and your availability and your ability to serve and show up in different capacities outside of the home. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when people are experiencing financial strain and stress, they are going to be having, they're going to have no bandwidth for anything outside of just their four walls because they're just trying to maintain and keep that going. Mm -hmm. There isn't, if there is extra time, they're going to be working a side hustle. They're going to have a part-time job. It's going to be spent on things like that. It's not going to be, I'm investing into my parish or I'm involved in Bible study yeah, or I'm, I'm leading lecturing. a class for faith formation. No. I'm not going to sign up for an hour of adoration. Or if I do, I'm probably going to end up thinking, sitting there and thinking about my money for at least half of it. Praying about money the whole praying. time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just sit there thinking, like worry about it. Oh, and then realize oh, it's half after what have I done? And then pray about the money. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to worry about it out loud to Jesus now. Hey, you know, every now and Which again, is good. you got to worry, worry, worry with him. <laughs> That's an okay thing, but habitually not, not really encouraged. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways that it attacks people in pews. Yes. It just weighs them down heavily. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd already touched on it earlier, but just the tithing and ability to live generously. Statistics are showing that, I think it's Catholics are notorious for giving about 1% of their income uh, total. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think that's saying, yeah, including all the people who don't give. Yes. That's the average. Yeah. So I th- it's something like 80% or maybe 80 or 90% of the giving in a parish comes from less than 10% of the people. Mm-hmm. It's just a really sad statistic. But when you think about how much stress people are under financially and they, they one, they're not formed on what to do with their money. They don't know how to manage it practically. And then two, where have been relevant um, modern teachings on generous living mm-hmm. and how to give and how, how to, how to tithe and how to be Manage your a household. good steward. These are not things that have, they've been unpacked in different times in the church in different ways, but modern times, not so much, not a whole lot of that going on mm-hmm. until now. So when <laughs> the people in the pews are feeling it, that then bleeds into the parish community. Mm-hmm. How so? Well, there's, when there's less, like we're saying, there's less giving all across the board, not just finances, but certainly finances. Mm-hmm. There's less giving of time. There's less sharing of talents and skills. The three T's. The three. Tom Dylan Jezer. Right. What do they gonna... say in other languages? Man, <laughs> we just got that one wrapped up. Um, but you're right. It's diminished dim- contribution. That, it, it's, so it's all a dim- around. So it's a diminished community. Mm-hmm. It's the person who could help other people with whatever it is, who could, you know, the guy maybe could organize a, you know, an outreach event, maybe helping checking over people's cars or something like he's busy fixing other people's stuff on the weekends. Cause he's behind on his bills or yeah. something. Uh, there's just less there to 
build culture and community in the parish. Mm -hmm. There's just less chances, right? If the parish is strapped because no one's giving, well, I don't know if you can afford donuts for after mass to build community. Yeah. It's kind of that like, I don't know how you're going to, is that a call to catch 22? Mm, I I always get phrases mixed up, but like, they need to, you know, invest in the donuts to get the community, but they don't have the money. But you need the community to be able to get the donuts. To get the donuts. <laughs> mm. Anyway, but I think people understand what you're trying to say there. Yeah, and then it's all across the board. You just don't have the things to be able to do what you want, what you want to do and what you're called yeah. to do. Yeah, there's a re- there's a limited budget, and so then this limits opportunities to cultivate community. Mm-hmm. And speaking of community, you know. The community is what ends up making up a parish culture, mm-hmm. just like the individual members in a family kind of build up that family culture. Now, again, I mentioned earlier in a parish culture, it's totally, you know, the norm nowadays that five to 10 percent of the members are going to financially support everything and nobody else is going to do anything. Financially support and are the people doing it? Yeah, they're going to do everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's become the culture of many parishes nowadays. And this idea of just, oh, the parish, it's just a, it's a sacrament um, machine. Mm. It's just a conveyor belt that gives me my sacraments and them out. Just this culture has been toxic to the church. It's not been good for the church. And I see a lot of bishops noticing that and doing different things in their diocese. And we're not here to get into all of that. I, I praise those efforts to turn that mm-hmm, around, mm-hmm. that the, that culture is no good. Specifically looking at the money piece, though, that part we can speak into. We can do something about that. But it's really hard for a parish to build culture um, and, you know, create those traditions as a parish family and events that people look forward to mm-hmm. and opportunities to create memories or opportunities to go into deeper formation with, with your members. If you don't have the budget to do those things, it's just really hard to do it. Yeah. You want to, you want to build a a Eucharistic focused culture. It's not necessary, but boy, is it going to help having a really beautiful monstrance, having an awesome thing to put it on to have, have uh, make a sweet, you know, canopy thing Mm -hmm. for processions. To, ha- to buy the, you know, the candle torch things and the sticks, like all of that, you, you can't cultivate that, tra- those traditions mm-hmm. if you don't have the stuff to yeah. do the thing. Exactly. Not to mention a, if you're going to go ahead and implement that, the, um, the security costs that are going to come with creating a you know, a system where you have a keypad and people get in and that takes funds, you know, so parishes, there's legitimate parishes out there who want to go ahead and have adoration, but they don't have the money for the security system Mm -hmm. that they would need to get it up and running. So it's, it's just, it's all these things, all these things that if you, you pull on the money thread, it's going to be linked in to all of this stuff in a parish. Now let's continue it on the staffing, you know, Mm -hmm. again, when things are just diminished because, People in the pews are stressed and it's kind of, you see how it's just trickling, trickling out. It's almost like the, you throw the stone in the water and we're seeing, we're watching it echo or whatever that the ripples, the ripples. Yeah. The ripples. Now we're going to have less staff because we don't need as many staff or because there's just less 
people. And we can afford, we can't afford as many staff. Right. Oh, I wish we had a insert position that you desperately need here. Yeah. But nobody can come work for us for $20,000 a year. Yep. And so we can't hire anybody. So the people that you're going to get that can accept a wage like that um, are either just going to be extremely virtuous people who don't really need the money and are have a spouse at home who maybe is providing mm. for them um, or people that are going to you're now putting a, a parish is putting them under extreme stress and strain mm-hmm. themselves, mm-hmm. even though they're a great, great person, very qualified, very generous. But they're now being put in a position that they shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. because that's now hurting them or you're going to be able to not hire the right people for the right positions and you're going to end up hiring somebody for one role and then you're going to shove four or five other roles on top of them that they're not qualified for mm-hmm. and they're going to do badly yes and so it's just going to be this reduced effectiveness which then again that trickles out into the parish and culture. then you, and you can't oh well you know let's train them you know you can, people can learn how to do things sure you got to pay to train them. You got to send them to things. You got to, it costs money. Yes. And I think those are things that ought to be invested in. Those ought to be in. paid for. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But again, provide that. when it's, when you're making bottom line decisions and you're wondering how are we going to maintain this building versus it, investing in the people and what runs the place truly outside of just the stuff of the parish, that's, that's hard. Those are hard decisions for, for parish finance councils and business managers and the pastor. You know, those are really hard decisions. Lastly, you touched on this a little bit, but just that idea of parish beauty. Sure, sure. Um, what's I forget who said it. Beauty will save the world. Somebody. Somebody said, said it. Yeah. Um, but beauty is one of those things, too, that I think we're seeing a comeback of it. I think it's going to... Like it's going to save the church. Well, it's one of the people have talked about it, and that you've got the 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 transcendentals, right? The good, yes. the true, and the beautiful. Well, the world these days doesn't really care too much about what's good or no. what's true, <laughs> right? Right. I'll make up my own truth, and I'll celebrate even things that are evil. But beauty still has some pull on the human heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still resonates and draws people back. Yeah. It does. You see, you know, you see, you know, people go over to Europe where, when, you know, when they have these beautiful cathedrals and basilicas and even just regular churches are pretty dang beautiful over there. Everybody's looking at them. Everybody's Mm -hmm. taking pictures. Everybody's just drawn to them. Yeah, absolutely. There's something there that's pulling me in and directing me towards things much larger than I, which has gotten a little for it's been kind of blown off or forgotten. I'd say in, um, at least in American Catholic churches, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. beauty was kind of lost there for a little bit. And we were erecting buildings that were. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go with a more charitable term than woof. (laughs) (laughs) They were they were a little, a, uh, a little, a little, um, beige an and attempt to be simple. <laughs> and I think maybe approachable or cost effective and cost effective, certainly, mm-hmm. but we missed mm. 
we we missed communic we were missing our chance to communicate who is inside this building. Yeah. And what happens here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, if you don't have the funds and all you're doing is trying to maintain the heating bill, well, yeah, you're not going to have the money to go ahead and hire um, a liturgical staff member whose sole job is to make your liturgies beautiful and mm-hmm. to bring in amazing music and yeah. to do the choir and to decorate the chapel, you know, for every single special liturgy that's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have the funds for that, it's just going to be more difficult to communicate those things. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get the stained glass, mm-hmm. which became about as a tool to catechize and educate and evangelize. You're going to miss that chance and yeah. that opportunity. Yep. All right, so that's the bad news. Boy, <laughs> that stinks. It does. See, <laughs> if money is a stressor, it just ripples out and hurts mm-hmm. the people in the pews, the community, and the parish as a whole. What's the solution? I mean, it's, I it's a complex there's solution. There's a lot of different things. We're going to hone in just, just on one, up, one, pick one angle. Pick one. And this is, it's a tool. It's a tool in the belt. And that belt's got a lot of things hanging off of it. Mm-hmm. But this is a very particular tool. It is a very special, powerful tool. And you can only get it in one place. Where is that? From us. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Catholic money course Mm -hmm. Uh, because when you start with the people in the pews, when you start with folks like you and your buddies at mass and even those strangers you haven't talked to yet at mass, that's where the change can happen. Just like how the pain and the stress and the anxiety over money ripples out into the rest of the parish life. Well, if we can drop a different stone in the people in the parish, the ripples are going to ripple out, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a good ripple. What is the Catholic money course for those who maybe aren't familiar? Of course. Before we dive in, we're going to kind of, we're going to give a juxtaposed. Sure. Sure. um, The Catholic money course is where Amanda and I teach what mom and dad probably didn't teach you about money Mm -hmm. and what father probably didn't preach about either. Because he wasn't taught. Exactly. Nobody knew. Nobody really been talking about this stuff. And so we're going to, we help folks understand how to handle their money. Sure. Make a budget and save money and all that stuff. And here's the order to do it. in, And here's the plan that's worked for all these other people. You can do it too. But we also get into the why. We mm-hmm. get into the important stuff. Here's why it matters as a Catholic to understand money this way. This is what the church, the church teaches. This is why she teaches it. This is how beautiful that is, what we're called to. And that is why we should budget. That's why we should save. That's why we should give. It's the, the motivation, the call, and the, the equipping, pr- the, equipping, the practicals mm-hmm. of actually living it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Catholic financial formation. Mm. Um, and in when somebody works through the class, let's go ahead. The, the, the list we just went through, the five negatives, if you will. Sure. Let's now say, all right, a parish is going to be leading 
the Catholic money course in their parish. People are going to go through it. Now, what can they expect to see sure. after that happens? Well, the people in the pews, they're going to be more at peace. They're not going to be weighed down with that financial stress. So their health is going to improve. Their relationships are going to improve. Their marriages are going to improve. They'll be more freed up to consider a, diff- a religious vocation mm-hmm. as they as mm-hmm. they grow up, right? Because it's not they don't have all this um, money stress hanging over their family, and this desire just to get out. I got to make more because boy, mom and dad are like. There's another way open to them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to be more present and involved. Cause I don't have to run all over town to make sure I save the, you know, the 20 bucks on this or that. I don't, I'm not doing the side hustle. I'm not this or that. Like I actually have some room there. Mm-hmm. I have some freedom. I've got some peace and I've got the, certainly the, t- the, the bandwidth uh, to, to give some more of myself here to lead this class, to yep. be in a Bible study, to pray an hour or whatever it is. Yep. And last, and certainly not least, especially according to the parish, um, not the most impactful thing, but one of the most impactful components is that these are individuals who are going to be able to live generously more. Not only are they going to learn what the church teaches about tithing um, and living generously, but they're going to have the tools in, to do it. So they're going to be convicted uh, and on what it is that the church teaches and why she teaches it and why mm-hmm. we're invited to be generous. Um, but then they're also going to have the skill of budgeting. So they're going to get a grip of their money and have more management um, ability over it. They're going to eliminate the debt, freeing up more income to actually go towards the things that they want to be generous towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to know their financial situation. Yes. So right, we had, you know, s- somebody coming, you know, Catholics, in the Holy Land with the olive wood, all that, right? If you don't know your financial situation, you're looking at the table and you think, oh, that's a, that's a pretty crucifix, but hey. $75. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have $75 I can, I can put on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's groceries next week. Maybe that's the mortgage. Maybe that's the gas that's going to get me to work. I don't know. So I don't think I can get it. So you miss out on those opportunities Mm -hmm. just because not because you're selfish or you're greedy. It's just, you don't know. Right. So we're on the pro side. Like you're, you're able to, you know, you know, you know, Oh yeah. I've got this, I got this set. I can do, I can pull it from this category or I've got extra in the giving. I've got, I know we set aside, you know, a hundred and house stuff that we didn't, you know, we knew something was going to come up. So here we go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a confident giver and you're a generous giver. Mm-hmm. Now, when the people in the pews, and it doesn't take years to to get that going, uh, one or two classes of people going through, you're going to start to see this ripple out into the parish, in the parish community, as we talked about early. Now, earlier, now there's more people that are more engaged. They've they've worked through the class and met some people. Mm-hmm. Establish some relationships, built some intimacy with, you know, different friendships in the parish, gotten more connected. Now there's more people involved. Yep. Now there's more capacity um, to get involved and serve the in the parish in different ministries or different events or in different Bible studies, et cetera, prayer ministry, et cetera. There's also now, because that 
tithing has gone up, that giving is actually happening at more than 1% <laughs> on average, um, there's more budget. There's expanded opportunities now to cultivate community because mm-hmm. there's more flowing in. There's finally donut money. You can do that. You can get the donuts. <laughs> you can do couples date night. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, all sorts of things. You actually have that resource to kind of reinvest back into the community. Now that's going to ripple out into the parish culture. This is a culture where the majority, what if a majority of your parishioners were giving a generous amount? Mm-hmm. How remember, would that change our parishes? I went to this Catholic uh, stewardship conference a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I went to this one guy's presentation and his he was just making the case. He had all the numbers and all the stuff, all the average of this and that. Essentially, he was just making his case of like, what if Catholics all gave 2%? We wouldn't know what to do with the money. Wow. Like par- just regular parishes would have millions wow. of dollars mm. in their budgets. New evangelization? Check. Met. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just or think, just funded. And now if, we can actually get about the work of doing it. If you were in a spot, if the parish was in a spot where it wasn't, oh man, yeah, there's a need for that. But I don't know who's going to do it or how we're going to pay for that. What if it was instead... Well, we've got all these people ready to do stuff and a bunch of money to pay for. What can we do? How can we serve? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it'd be amazing. It would be a parish that could truly be not only just investing deeply into the community itself and the culture, but evangelistic. Mm -hmm. And out and they could be living the, the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy in a way that we haven't seen parishes do in modern times. And Mm. it could, it would be amazing. So yes, think of what you could do if your parish had an increased budget. And again, this trickles into the staff. You'd be able to hire more staff, Mm -hmm. the right staff. You'd be able to keep them. people with large families. Right. And pay them a wage (laughs) that would allow them to take care of their large family. Yeah. You know, it's unthinkable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you could pay them well and, mm-hmm. and get top talent in the right positions. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have to make them do five or six jobs because you'd be able to hire for the appropriate the five jobs. Five or six people you need, yeah. Exactly. And then that culture of beauty, that parish beauty. Um, if you had the budget available, sky's the limit, really, with what you where you could take things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I just I know of recently a church um, that had one of like, they were literally in a gym forever Mm -hmm. and it just could never seem to come together to get that, get that capital campaign to Mm -hmm. build the church. Mm -hmm. But they finally did it. I think after 30 years, they were in a gym for 30 (laughs) years. How demoralizing, but they did it. They pulled together as a community and then they built a really beautiful church Mm -hmm. and just, think if we could just align some of our parish dollars, more of them into beauty that could Mm. not only draw each of us parishioners in to that deeper relationship with, with God, because he's trying to engage our whole person, right? He's through the smells, the bells, the, the noises, the, all the things, but that 
really does draw others in too. If we're going to be inviting a friend to mass or a neighbor to come with us, those are the types of things that are going to make an impact on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, they could go, I don't quite understand what just happened. But I like but, it. But wow, mm-hmm. that was unlike anything else I did this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah. So we teased out the you know indirect and the direct ways that money can impact a parish mm-hmm. for worse and then we talked about for better. Mm-hmm. And what was the the tool, the highly specialized tool on the in-between? It was working through the Catholic Money Academy. Now, there's no shortage of um, financial programs out there. Mm. There's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot out there. Uh, one of the most popular being probably Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We took that way back in the day. We even led it. Um, but we did have to pause multiple times to kind of fill out or fill in or flat out say, okay, the church doesn't teach this. It teaches here, this Mm -hmm. instead, Mm -hmm. you know, we had, and eventually that led to, wait, why isn't this just being taught from a totally Catholic perspective? Oh, wait, we could do that Mm -hmm. because it isn't. And now that we know it, the Lord is now asking us to do it (laughs) because he's, (laughs) he's tricky like that. (laughs) And this last year, we've officially rolled out our parish program of the Catholic Money Academy. Yeah. So traditionally, this has been something that we have just had families and individuals enroll in this membership. But over the last year, we've been welcoming more and more parishes that are enrolling in a parish-wide subscription and offering it um, either free or for a very low cost to their parish family. And it's been really fun to see that roll out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted everybody on the podcast to know that you could bring this to your parish. Absolutely. How could they do that? Go to walletwin.com slash parish. You can get the information on that parish access program, get the details, set up a meeting with our team to talk about some, go over those details. Mm-hmm. How can we do this? What are, how, how do we do it? You know? Yep. It's a great option for those of you who really do want to watch this ripple effect in mm-hmm. your parish and you you do want to transform how money is impacting your parish for better or worse. And then also it's really great if you are somebody who wants to jump in and lead. Absolutely. And you want to lead the class in your parish. That's always one of the biggest questions for the staff and for father is who's going to actually lead this. Mm-hmm. If you're willing, then it's going to be a whole lot easier to make that um, invitation for them to bring the the subscription. Um, and then shoot, the last thing I was going to say just kind of walked out of my brain. Hmm. Well, you can also, you know, yes, the in-person classes, there's a leader's guide, all that. We help you understand what to do, how to do it. But then also just blanket access for the parish yes. to do what everybody else around the country is doing, which is go through the Catholic money course on their own time, where it fits in their own lives mm-hmm. at their own pace. Yep. That's all. That's. Oh, I thought of the last thing as well. I thought of the last thing. If you are someone who's been wanting to join our Catholic money Academy, but perhaps finances have been tighter, this could be a great opportunity to go through the class mm. and it would not only be a blessing to you, but it would be a blessing to your entire parish family. So we've had students, you know, that's how they've gotten into the class is they were willing to kind of do the work in bringing us to their parish. And now they get to go through the class and it didn't 
cause them any financial sure. strain to do it because maybe they were, you know, the class is not very, it's not a very expensive membership, $29 a month or two ninety seven a year. But for some people that really is a, is a jump. And so yeah. for those people, the they, they, um, went towards the getting it for their mm-hmm. parish. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of it too, maybe you've gone through the course, maybe you're in a more comfortable position. Mm-hmm. Well, you can bring this up with the staff or with father, or whoever it is. Hey, we'll sponsor it. I'll pay for this thing mm-hmm. or I'll pay for half of it yep. or whatever it is. Yep. Um, that can be an option too. So there's lots of different ideas and ways that we've seen this program play out. And we'd love to talk with you about how it can happen at your parish. So head on over to walletwin.com slash parish to learn more and to start that conversation. Until next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Walletwin program at walletwin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.